2: Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We face a disintegrating economy, a weakened defense, and an energy policy based on the sharing of scarcity. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Now, here's your host, Dan Celia.
3: Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It's great to be here. Uh, You know, yesterday I talked about uh, the fact that we did raise the deficit ceiling. There's not going to be any shutdown until September 30th before that is uh, raised up again. But let's not make any mistake about it, uh, because I had some uh, people asking me this question uh, yesterday after the program. Yes. Yes. I disagree with what we've done. I got to tell you, when President Trump was elected, I said repeatedly, because of Vice President Mike Pence, this will finally be the end of federal tax dollars going to fund Planned Parenthood. I said it over and over again. I said it was going to be the end of that. That obviously is not true. Once again, something that we are very good about, and that is caving to the Democrats. Because they put up all these straw men, and we cave to the agenda that they have created. Now, I blame this cave on President Trump. Of course, the Republicans gladly went along with it, gladly went along with it, because anything that smells like a continued resolution is a good thing for politicians, period, because they have no yardstick by which we, the people, can measure them as to what kind of job they're doing. This is no different. So, I'm disappointed. And now, they're talking about a gas tax. Why? Because a gas tax would be a good thing for who? The Democrats. Well, if we have a gas tax, this certainly is going to get some Democrats On our side, it's going to get some Democrats to come along with what we want to do. Why? Because they're desperate for something that they can consider a carbon tax. Now... Is a gas tax better than a carbon tax? Yes, it is. But could a gas tax be opening the door for more till we finally get something that looks like a carbon tax, particularly in light of the fact that so far the administration has done some wonderful pro-growth kinds of agenda items, no doubt about it but has not addressed the debt that we continue to rack up. I understand, maybe better than most, that it's going to take some time for a smaller government to take effect or to have an impact on a smaller deficit. I get that. And yes, this president, has talked about cutting the budgets, cutting the fat out. Mick Mulvaney, I said a few weeks ago, is going to be the best appointee of this president. But Mick, Mick, if you're listening, come on, man. Come on. We've got to start talking about it now. Let's not get too carried away. I'm happy for the so-called tax bill, but now we're talking about an infrastructure bill. (sighs) trillion dollars do we need it of course we need it we need it desperately is it good for jobs yes is it good to spur the economy yes We had this once before. It was called shovel-ready projects, and there wasn't anything shovel-ready. So before we can put fully in place an infrastructure project, we are going to have to cut some sort of regulations out of the states. And I don't know how the federal government intervenes with the states about regulation. When it takes 8 to 10 years to get a building permit to build a bridge or change a highway— then let's not spend a trillion dollars on infrastructure and pay interest on that trillion dollars while we wait 10 years for the money to finally filter into the economy, if that's the case. Why would we do that? I say let's go to the states and say when you make ready When you make ready infrastructure that will total somewhere in the neighborhood of a trillion dollars, when you make that ready to go, we, the federal government, will then fund the infrastructure bill. Now, that'll do two things. One, it will incentivize the states to get moving. And it'll save the taxpayers billions of dollars on interest on a trillion dollars. It's time to talk about the debt, Mr. President. It's time to address it. It's time to bring it up. It's time to help Americans understand that, yes, we need uh, a tax uh, reform, desperately, Yes, we need infrastructure desperately. Yes, we need reform in our health care system. But when these things are costing the taxpayer dollars, I don't have a problem with it, as long as there is some sort of <clears throat> plan to control the deficit. Sorry, but I'm not seeing it. Now, I'm trying real hard. I'm a patient man, sometimes, <laughs> in trying to go along with the program. I want to give you a chance. I believe in your agenda. I don't believe in the fact that you are a little too naive into believing that the Republicans on Capitol Hill are actually on your side. A little naive there. There's a few, I'm sure. But not a lot. But nonetheless, we have got to be cautious and careful about what we are doing with our debt. When you've got to cave on a bill like Planned Parenthood, you, Mr. President of all people, and Mr. Vice President— The congressman, Mike Pence, worked hard to try to defund Planned Parenthood. I would suggest that as vice president, that he would continue to work that hard. We rolled over way too fast. I know it's only until September, but will we roll over again? I suspect we might. Anyway, I've got concerns. Top banking regulator is looking like he is going to leave from the Obama administration. That's good news for banks. May put back into place Glass-Steagall, the 1933 law that was revoked in 1999. That's good news from my perspective. It's a lot of good happening. But we've got to look at some of these other things. We'll be right back.
4: In the book of Isaiah, the word tells us the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. In the same way, without careful planning, your financial goals could blow away like the seeds of a dandelion. It's never too early or too late to consider how a charitable gift annuity can help you meet the financial goals you've set for your loved ones, your causes, and yourself. Give AFA Foundation a call at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit our website, afafoundation.net. Let us explain how a charitable gift annuity can help you achieve your goals. As we read in Proverbs, The plans of the diligent lead to profit. Our phone number again is 800 326 4543 extension 345. And our website is afafoundation.net.
5: There's a way for us to pray, and I like to think of this at the beginning of each day there's a way for us to pray that the priorities of heaven will become the priorities of earth, that the priorities of God will become the priorities of each one of us. Join
2: Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Prayer, The Great Adventure, next time on Turning Point. 5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Dan Celia. I sure would
3: appreciate it if you would consider partnering with me. In the Ministry of Financial Issues, you'll have access to my stock picks that come out every Monday, along with my commentary. You'll get access to our conference call that I do with our partners once a month, our alert system that I send out as often as necessary, and many other strategies on the website. Go to financialissues.org. That's financialissues.org. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. Um, <clears throat> finally, I've got someone that agrees with me when it comes to oil. Chief Financial Officer from BP Oil says that 2017, we're going to see oil trade somewhere at best between $50 and $55. That's what I said back in January 1st, or early January. And, uh, you know, I, I talked and, and wrote about – Some of the, uh, I don't know, some, some of the analysts that are talking about oil in the 70s. I've talked about the analysts and their cartels that have talked about balance coming into the oil sector. I think my comments went something like they're living in the twilight zone. Or at least don't call yourself an analyst if you can't see what we are creating here and that there is going to be a new inventory issue and that is going to be U.S. oil production. But apparently they were unable to see that until maybe now some of them are coming around. Now you've got news coming out of China this morning that factory output is slowing to a seven-month low. That is not good. That is not going to be good. This is industrial output, folks. Industrial output coming out of China, slowing down, is not good for oil. So that could be a problem. Now you've got an issue where Saudi Arabia, according to the IMF, the IMF saying, hey, look, you're never going to survive, and I agree with, I don't often agree with the IMF, but I would agree with this assessment that, This idea of sharing the wealth through these lavish subsidies and government jobs, you know, nobody works if you're a a citizen of Saudi Arabia. You just enjoy the riches of oil. Got to stop. Here's where I disagree. They indicate that, obviously, that is no longer sustainable, obviously, and I agree with that. But the idea that they must have some sort of ambitious diversification plan is comical. What might that be? Ambitious, to say the least. Here's the problem. These are elite, wealthy people. You think they're going to go to work? I mean, do you think they're going to go to work? Come on. Come on. So they are going to ha- if they're going to have an ambitious plan, they better have one ambitious housing program for the housing they're going to need for an incredibly ambitious immigration policy so they can bring people in that will actually work for them. And know how to work. So, Saudi Arabia's got a problem. They can't control the oil markets anymore. Isn't that a shame? They can't manipulate prices anymore. sad, isn't it? And they've got to get used to the fact that they're living with $50 a barrel oil and they're not going to have the $110 a barrel oil that they need. So when the IMF says they need ambitious diversification plans, man, that's an understatement. No kidding. Don't think they can do it. Just my opinion. All right, I got to break this bad news to you because I know you all feel bad when anybody has to take a pay cut. I understand. Brian Cornell, CEO of Target. Are you ready? His compensation is being cut. We should be concerned about him being able to get by. Yes, as we would anybody whose compensation has been cut. It's always hard to live when you have a cut in pay. Yeah, uh, the irresponsible board that I've been railing against of Target and Brian Cornell, who should have been fired a year ago, That's why the board said we're responsible because they haven't fired him, are trying to gain a little bit of responsibility by cutting his pay. They're cutting his pay by $11 million, $11.3 million. By the way, he's still going to be making $22 million, so don't get too awfully concerned. They're blaming it on a -a two-and-a-half-year tumble of their stock And you can blame a significant part of the tumble in their stock and same store sales and revenues and profits being down on the fact that Brian Cornell, though he denies it, made the brilliant decision to embrace the brilliant marketed strategy of embracing .0043% of the American people while alienating the other over 99% of American families and shoppers. Brilliant decision. Can't believe the guy still has a job. And I suspect the marketing genius that came up with the idea probably still has a job as well. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So the board... This incredibly irresponsible board that refuses, for the sake of political correctness, or at least as far as their ideology goes, refuses to hold accountable Brian Cornell, is going to slap him on the hand and cut his pay by $11 million while they sit back and try to gain some credibility. I'd be embarrassed to be a member of that board if I had a shred of responsibility uh, in me. But anyway, that's what's happening. That's another thing that's happening out there. Hey, good news coming out of Asia. Good news coming out uh, other than China factory orders being down. That's not good news. But we're getting some uh, bank, oh, I'm sorry, Asia markets are rallying. Uh, have rallied on, on tech stocks. Tech stocks here in America are doing very well. And, of course, uh, the regional technology companies there in Asia are doing very well as a result of that. So that's been good for Asia. Not to mention you've got European stocks doing well this morning as a result of a Greek bailout. So finally, Greece has signed on to a new bailout deal so they can borrow more money. Even though they can't service the debt they have, they're borrowing more money because they have to borrow money because they have no GDP and they have no growth and they need some money because they can't pay their bills. So they're going to borrow more money so they have more interest due that they're not going to be able to pay until they get the next bailout, probably six, eight months, year from now. So because they're not allowing yet, the Eurozone is not allowing uh, the, the uh, Greece government to default on their bonds and to— and to go bankrupt, bailing them out again, that's good for the European stocks. Why? Because they get to kick the can down the road. The Eurozone gives the can a good kick, and everybody's happy. Now, they also, uh, the Eurozone stocks are up on a couple of other things. One, the U.K. uh, factory output is up uh, to a three-year high. It's the fastest growth rate they've seen in three years, I should say. So, uh, very good growth rate for European factory activities or the U.K. factory activity. Eurozone jobless c- count falls to the smallest in 12 months. That's, a good, that's good news as well. So, all those things impacting the Eurozone. Okay, I sent an alert out, or there will be an alert going out this morning to all of our partners of the ministry indicating that we have uh, changed. Once again, I've changed some of the asset allocation models, very slight, mostly for the younger asset allocation models. And I've also added a 20 to 35 asset allocation model for Timothy Group, if those of you who want to stay in the mutual funds, so you might want to take a look at that. All right, so that's about it for economic news. We're going to get to phones 866-300-9298. Before I do that, let me just take a I got a question here on um uh YouTube. First question there from Pal Paul, um Saying about an eighteen thousand dollars rollover from IRA, he's considering taking and transferring six thousand dollars of that to his HSA plan, uh, so that he might use that for medical deductions and st- st- stuff like that. Do I think that's a good idea? If you, if that's an allowable transfer, I think it's a good idea. I don't have a problem with that at all. It makes good sense, and you can do that. And I'm going to assume that you have some other income and retirement monies coming in or will have coming in from other 401Ks or retirement. And if that's the case, yeah, I'm okay with that. I think that's a fine, that's an okay thing to do. Uh, Brian is asking me about a $1 trillion spending bill, but zero for border wall, zero for infrastructure, but funding planned parent. Oh, I already, I just talked about that. I get maybe he wrote this after a while. I was talking. I don't. I don't know. I wasn't looking at it. Uh, Planned Parenthood um, funds for sanctuary city. This looks like uh, the art of the deal for the Democrats. Yeah. Uh, so he's just confirming what I just said. I, I suspect uh, this not a question there, Brian. He goes on to say 14 billion for border wall. By the way, Brian, there is some money in there for border wall uh, infrastructure and uh, surveillance. So they're increasing. Uh, there is money in there to increase. Uh, border wall um, uh, technological kinds of things uh, and to uh, rebuild or uh, reinforce current infrastructure of the border wall. there's just no money for new border wall in there but I agree with what you say you're right on the money and it's what I already talked about and again, I don't know if um, if you're commenting on my opening segment or not, but uh, yeah. Uh, good, good stuff. Uh, retired Edwin says retired with a decent amount of money in TSP program. Should I use some of that to pay for a rental to generate income? Look, I don't have a problem, of course. If you use that to pay for some of the rentals, whatever you use, you're going to have to pay tax on. So you could have be faced with a very large tax bill. So be prepared for that if you're going to shift some of that money. Over shift some of that money over to um, uh, actually draw that money out to buy a rental property. I'm okay with it. Rental property is a great source of income; that will generate income. Just keep in mind a couple of things. You got to be ready, willing, and able to be a landlord, and be okay with that. If you're if you're okay being a landlord, not a bad idea. Just don't forget the tax bill that you will have. What you might want to do to minimize the tax bill. Uh, draw half of it out now or some of it out now, buy the property next year, do another half or another amount of money, draw it out, uh, pay the taxes, pay down the mortgage, and then, then until you finally get it paid down. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dan Celia for Financial Issues. You know, we live in some volatile times, and one of the things that we should be concerned about is, are the investments that I'm in honoring the Lord? Well, I try to do the best I can to make sure that the stocks and mutual funds on my list are the best out there, not only from a financial and fundamental standpoint, but that they wouldn't be displeasing to God. Would you consider... Being a partner with me at Financial Issues for $85 a year, you're not only going to get my stock picks that I update every week, every Monday, and my economic commentary every Monday, along with an alert system and my asset allocation models that change as the economy changes so that you can do a great job reviewing and maybe actively managing your portfolios. Financialissues.org to partner with me in the ministry,
6: eight days of hope 13 is headed to Lafayette, Louisiana, June 4th to June 11th. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is a faith-based ministry. We've gone all over the country to help families rebuild after natural disasters. We've helped almost 1,800 families rebuild their homes, sometimes for them ground up. Lafayette, Louisiana and the whole state of Louisiana got hit by epic flooding last year in August. Almost 25 inches of rain fell and almost $20 billion of damage was done. Literally 140,000 homes flooded. Think about that, 140,000 families waiting for somebody to be a glimpse of Jesus. You can be a skilled professional or you can be somebody like me who's less skilled but wants to give back. Go to eightdaysofhope.com. We provide the food and lodging. And you can learn a lot more about the ministry. And we can't wait to see you in Lafayette, Louisiana, June 4th to June 11th. For more information, go to 8daysofhope.com.
2: Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, how old are the glaciers of Greenland?
4: You know, Chris, the glaciers of Greenland are many thousands of feet thick, leading many to conclude that it would take long periods of time for the snow to build up. Well, here's something to think about. Two American planes from World War II had to be abandoned on a Greenland Glacier. Some 50 years later, a group went back to try and find and restore those now-rare aircraft. It turned out they were buried beneath 250 feet of solid ice. Obviously, it doesn't take many thousands of years to build up that huge thickness. The expeditioners retrieved one of those planes and have now restored it, and it can be seen at air shows around the country. Chris, when we see this plane fly, we can enjoy the fact that this is just another evidence that the back
2: to Genesis truth of creation is accurate. For more on creation, visit our website at www.icr.org.
3: Well, good morning, Panhandle, of Texas. I want to welcome all of those. Uh, Folks listening to us, 24 FM stations we added throughout the panhandle of Texas, some parts of Oklahoma and New Mexico. So welcome to all of you. If you are joining us here uh, for the program, maybe for the first time, just hearing us, I hope you'll stick with us uh, and and learn about uh, what we do and how we do it and how we can uh, help you. So hopefully our, our goal here is to help you be the best steward you can be with all that God has given you. We believe that. I believe that it's incredibly important that we begin to learn and have an understanding of what is happening in the economy, and the markets, give us some better understanding of uh, how we can uh, best organize and manage uh, the money that God has given us. And what we do here is I try to encourage you to be biblically responsible. Uh, for all of you joining us uh, on the program, biblically responsible means that we are trying to eliminate— not include those things that would be offensive to God in our investments. So therefore, we pretty much rule out uh, most, most of the um, mutual fund categories with the exception of Timothy Plan, which are biblically responsible. So uh, we we rule the other ones out. And yes, even those mutual funds, if you are part of the Southern Baptist Convention and Guidestone, they are not biblically responsible. They uh, do have uh, companies in them that support abortion, pornography, uh, gambling and other things. And uh, we have uh, asked our pastors to rise up and to uh, move, move their money, just either move their money out somewhere else. You can go. There's a lot of other places you can go to uh, to start a 401k or to do those things. Uh, Brokerage uh, accounts at at um, Fidelity and other places. So. Uh, I would suggest that you consider that after you um, talk to the Southern Baptist Convention about what they are doing, informing them, and uh, maybe they don't care. Uh, that's between them and the Lord, but I think it's up for you to uh, at least Notify them and let them know how unhappy you are with uh, the attitude that they're taking. So uh, great to have so many uh, new stations on board. We sure do appreciate it, folks. If you're a first-time listener on YouTube or or any one of our uh, Internet, whether it be uh, uh, Amazon TV or Apple TV or you have a, a, a Roku box that you're watching us on our FISM channel, then uh, we sure do appreciate that. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you press that subscribe button. We sure would appreciate it. it doesn't You don't have to put any information. It just helps us out, so we would appreciate it if you would do that. Anyway, let's go to phones, 866-392-98. Let me go to Richard. Richard's calling us from Florida. Hi, Richard.
7: Hi, Dan. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say God bless you, first of all. You know, thank you for all you do, and uh this uh, bill that just passed, this funding uh, bill, um, you know, I, I was listening to the, the comments you were making, you know, but my biggest concern about that that bill is um, Proverbs six sixteen says these six things just hate, seven are an abomination, and the first one is hands that shed innocent blood, and the continuation of of that. Slaughter of unborn children it bothers me a lot more than the financial because you know that just separates from, us from the Lord, you know, and from any help you know that 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 He might give us because we're yeah. we're engaging in this kind of thing, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and don't we already have like an eighteen cent a gallon tax on gasoline that's supposed to be specifically for infrastructure and uh, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing?
3: Yeah, Richard. Um, and if you've listened to me for any length of time, you understand how I feel about uh, uh, abortion and where I am on that. And one of the things I talk about at my economic—any uh, kind of speaking I do, uh, even in, in, involved in secular audiences— pastors' conferences and town hall meetings, I always talk about the most important economic number, and that is the 60 million babies we've murdered. And uh, it's a very important issue to me, and it's something I talk about often. That's why we ask for people to come alongside us with uh, pre-born ministries, a ministry that that is saving uh, tens of thousands, just financial issues alone, have saved tens of thousands of babies, And we're so blessed by that. So, yes, and the uh, infrastructure, the federal infrastructure, uh, so-called tax for highways, first of all, you've got to understand this is a government fund. And what does the government do with its funds? It generally robs Peter to pay Paul on a regular basis. We robbed the Social Security Trust Fund. Uh, the Obama administration for Obamacare robbed the Medicare Trust Fund. No talk of paying any of those back. And we have robbed the highway fund. So we continue to rob it. I would be okay. You want to raise taxes a little bit? All right, maybe I'll be okay with it. As long as there is a bill that no money can be removed from that trust fund, unless it is being used for the infrastructure of our highways. So we've got to have some sort of protection on that lockbox. It can't be a lockbox without a lock on it, so that congressmen can dip their hands in it and grab what they need for their pet projects or for funding shortfalls. The states need to have the same rules and regulations to play by when it comes to taxes on gasoline and fuel. And I'll tell you, when you talk to trucking companies, even they don't have a problem paying a little bit more gas tax if it means that they can save thousands and thousands of dollars by not taking alternative routes because of a bridge that's out or because of a highway that's in disrepair or because of an overpass that is uh, something they can't even get under or whatever the situation is, and they would be okay with that, but— You know, listen, the trillion-dollar infrastructure shovel-ready projects that we had in 2009— I don't know about you, but I didn't see any improvement here in the state of Pennsylvania or anywhere else as I drive around the country. So the shovel-ready projects weren't so shovel-ready at all. And remember, the money was given to the states, a trillion dollars given to the states, who all have balanced budget amendments, and they use that money to make sure that their budget was balanced. Well, that's good. Didn't do any good for the so-called shovel-ready projects. So, look. There's got to be a lot of accountability with any of these things that we do, and um, we need to have a, a uh, real long, hard debate about defunding uh, Planned Parenthood. I don't understand why Planned Parenthood can't survive like I survive. I've got to ask my partners, the people that believe in this ministry— to come alongside this ministry to keep us on the air, to keep us alive so that we can continue to do what we are doing. I've got to ask you to do that. There are churches. The churches have to ask their people in the pews to support them so they can pay their electric bill. The, any, any organization, Salvation Army, uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, American Family Association, Family Research Council, they depend upon God's people to support their work. Then Planned Parent ought to be dependent upon the pagans of the world to support their work. But the government shouldn't be doing it. And if the government's going to do it, where do I apply? for them to support the work we're doing. All right. Let me go to Tracy in North Dakota. Hi, Tracy. Good morning, Dan. Good morning.
7: I am a partner, and with the help of your ministry, my house is now 100% BRI, which brings great peace of mind.
3: Wow, that's
0: awesome. I'm looking
7: at the buy list. Okay. I have a brokerage account for a Uh 2-year-old child, so this Uh is 15 to 20-year money. Contributions will be made at life events. I'm looking for two or three stocks to put in this account. Where on the buy list should I focus my sights?
0: If you don't have any
7: questions, I'll hang up and listen. Okay, thank you.
3: Thank you you for that. So, since you have that kind of time horizon, Tracy, um, I I would look at um, two places or a couple places. One is one of the technology stocks. I would probably focus on. the third technology stock, or I guess it would be the first uh, information and technology stock, the IT stock that is on the list. That might be one area that um, you you ought to be considering. The other area would be in the industrials. And I really like some of the um, Aero space defense, kinds of contractors and one area might be the second industrial stock on the list uh, very large cap it's an expensive stock yes you don't have to buy a lot of shares of it but uh, you might want to see that but I like um, in that sector I like this second and third industrial for for uh, somebody and then maybe a little bit more aggressive, there are some of the, uh, there is one that is the very first one, which is a small cap stock on the industrials. So they they would be good areas. And I've only got one consumer, I'm sorry, um, do I yeah, just one consumer discretionary stock. Uh, and, I, and and I know it is a sector that I'm not a big fan of, but this is a specialty sector. And I think they might have a good run over the next five years, and that might not be a bad idea as well. So, you know, I would look in those areas, and I think they would be good areas, uh, fairly aggressive, but good areas for that 15-year time horizon. So hopefully that helps you, Tracy. Thank you. Let me go to uh, Susan in Michigan. Hey, Susan.
8: Hey, Dan. Have to have my Dan fix once a
3: year.
8: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Listen, um, my husband is working, and I just retired from a part-time job. We have um, $53,000 um, that is in our money market. Um, we have all the preferreds that used to go out on your buy list. Has, buy list have not purchased any new ones. Um, we have a loss. We have our savings and a gift annuity. On AF Susan, gift annuity.
3: Susan I'm sorry. i got to put you on hold. I promise I'll come right back to you as soon as this break. I didn't realize we were right up against the break. Financial issues. We'll be right back.
2: 1952.
5: Congress passed a bill today stating that the president is to set aside a day each year as a national day of prayer. Senator Frank Carlson of
2: 1988.
4: President Reagan has just signed a bill designating the first Thursday in May as the national day of prayer. Those present at the signing.
2: The American Family Association encourages you to pray with your neighbors at your city hall Thursday, May 4th from 1220 to
5: 1240 on this year's national day of prayer. Join Frank Turek, Richard Land, Norman Geisler, Greg Kokel, and others for Southern Evangelical Seminary's National Conference on Christian Apologetics. It's October 13th and 14th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Enjoy informative talks, a live debate, and a dialogue with Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis. Plus, there's the premiere of the American Family Association documentary, The God Who Speaks. Early bird pricing ends August 1st. Visit ses.edu for details. Dan Celia of Financial Issues. You know, there's probably never been a more important
3: time in our economy to be thinking about a charitable gift annuity. I hope you'll do that just to shore up, to firm up some more income, permanent income, income that you can count on for the rest of your life while you're doing the Lord's work. A charitable gift annuity has been something I've been talking about for 25 years. Finally, we're seeing even mainstream start to get on board with the merits of charitable gift annuities. I hope you'll consider it. You can call the AFA Foundation. Someone there will help you work through the details and find out whether you qualify for a charitable
4: gift annuity. Call and speak with a representative of the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors.
3: Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Seely. It's great to be here. I was talking to Susan, uh, Susan from Michigan. And, and Susan, you would indicate some of the things that you have, and you were talking about, you were just getting to talk about your money market account. Um, and and uh, as you talk about that, what is the percentage of your money market account as, as it relates to your whole portfolio? Um, I
8: would say it's about half. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we have, we have, um, for our equities, we have Archer Daniels, Conical Phillips, Goodyear, Great Plains, um, ICU Med, International Paper, Marathon, Vectran, and Vista Outdoor Incorporated, which I don't know what that is, it's not doing so well. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. um, then for our um, ETPs, there's Power Shears, DP, Commodity Index, which I'm, I'm not familiar with that one either. Mm-hmm. The rest are Preferreds and um, So we are 69 and 71, my husband is planning on working three years. And uh, so my question was um, should we uh, look into more preferreds um, at this rate and what other sectors then should I add?
3: Well, I think that. I don't know if you have all the preferreds on my buy list. Um, yes, the from, other th-
8: from the ones from the alerts that you um, used okay. to put out, I haven't bought any from, you know, from the new buy list.
3: Okay. I would look at the buy list see if there's any there that you don't have. But okay. the one thing that I might mention to you while you're looking at it from a financial uh, you know, when you look at those uh, the the financial sector there that you take a look at um, some of the real estate investment trusts that are listed there that um, might might be uh, good for you to take a look at. And um, I think that you will see that there's the very, um, let me just look here, um, the six one down, right? Um, on that list, it's it's got income in parentheses next to it, uh, that might be a good one for strictly for income now, just to generate income, and you might want to consider um, adding that. And you might want to consider, if you don't have it, the one that is uh, the first one on the financial list, that also strictly for income, not too worried or not, not being too concerned with uh, where the value of that is. The other thing, if you're looking for preservation of some of that, you will notice something very new when you go on my list, and this is new. It's been 10 years since I have done this, and what I did under the topping on my complete list, and you'll see in the buy list, was I added some things on the cash side now, I, I point this out in an alert that you'll be getting today, so you'll see more detail on it. And I would ask you to read that. It's not very long. It's just a couple sentences there about these. And what I uh, indicate there, that these are not totally cash equivalents. The cash, cash would be money markets and CDs, there's not going to be too much risk of loss of value from markets in those cash accounts. These other things that I have listed under cash, there will all, always be a bit of a, you know, a possibility that we could see some issues from a loss of value. Uh, but I would look at um, uh, a couple of those maybe to set some money aside, maybe twenty five, half of that uh, 50% you have in the money market, you might want to consider maybe the one that's a Timothy fund and the very first one on the list, maybe split it up into those two things. And, and hopefully over the next couple of years, between now and the time your husband retires – uh, you'll get a little bit of uh, better return than you might if you just leave it in the money market account with with very little risk on the downside. You're going to still have risk, but very b- very uh, minimal uh, risk. So that might be a possibility as well for you, Susan.
8: Okay, that sounds really good, Dan. And then um, that Vista Outdoor Incorporated, um, yes. is that something that's way down? Is that something that I should keep?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Vista Outdoor is an ammunition uh, manufacturer, guns and uh, outdoor things in and around hunting and other ammunitions. They have a lot of other outdoor gear. They are manufacturers. So they're the ones that supply to the Bass Pro Shops and the Cabela's of the world Um, and uh, they listen, um, you know. As uh, President Obama was coming out of office, they they started losing some steam. Uh, Sunday, I paid paid a visit. I was on my uh, way out that uh, a particular area, and my wife and I stopped at a uh, a gun shop that I visit frequently. And uh, we were talking to the guy. He said, "We've never had we haven't had inventory like this in ten years." So. You know, uh, there's not a lot of fear in that regard uh, about our Second Amendment rights, and that's a good thing. And so, you know, that's going to impact Vista. Not to mention that a horrible hunting season last year. So, um, I, I believe as people get more comfortable with the environment, uh, the ec- economic environment, and they start, we start to see some pro growth. Then people are going to spend money on luxury items, and I consider most of what they sell uh, a luxury item. Other than you know initial ammunition for defense, um, most most of what they sell is is uh, luxury kinds of things. So uh, I feel good about it. I would keep it. Uh, they're either going to get right for a buyout that's going to be good for the stock, or uh, they'll they'll start to see some growth again. Dan, well,
8: I'm. Uh... Really appreciate your help, and I just praise God that the monies have come in for new stations because we sure need them. I think there's one in Michigan. (laughs) Yeah. A few miles here or there from somewhere I can't get you. So um, I'd be anxious to hear more about your phone app. I've I've missed so much of it this um, season. So thank you very much, Dan, and may God bless you and your family.
3: Thank you, Susan. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that uh, encouragement. And, yeah, we are trying to add stations everywhere uh, where we have these uh, blank spots throughout the country, and we're having a lot of success with that as God raises up the money to do it. But the phone app is great, and if you go, if you have an Android phone, just go uh, search FISM. It's the first thing that comes up now, so that means a lot of people have been downloading it. So it's the very first thing. It used to be uh, just— a month ago, it was seven or eight down. So FISM, Financial Issues Stewardship Ministry, or Financial Issues, will be the first app to come up, and you can download it. You can listen to the program. You can watch it on video on that and everything else. It's uh, pretty, pretty easy. And same with uh, the iPhone. The iPhone, I think you might have to type in financial issues on your search. But um, the app is incredible now. It's uh, very, very... Uh, pro-user, and there isn't anything. You can check our buy list. You can check the website. You can uh, become a partner on it. You can donate. You can do uh, so much. You can watch video. You can watch video clips of yesterday's show. You can stop, pause, rewind, uh, all of that uh, on the phone app. So I hope you'll check it out. Let me go to Steve real quick in Ohio. Hey, Steve. Uh,
7: Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Uh, I I am a member And I certainly have benefited from your advice and counsel. Mm. And I have a question, sir. Okay. All right. On your buy list, your very first utility stock, Mm -hmm. I was looking at it on my Scott Trade account, Mm -hmm. and I noticed it's very highly rated. Uh, The S&P Capital, highly rated. Thomson Reuters, highly rated. Uh, the other one's on there, uh, looks looks good. Uh, mm-hmm. But I noticed it has a negative P-E ratio, mm-hmm. and that kind of perplexed me. Can you help yeah. explain uh, that situation?
3: Yeah, well, that, that, that would be one of the reasons why it is highly rated. Um, so the main reason for it, and so, and every... Sometimes it takes a little time for everything to catch up. So right now, from my analytical perspective, it's got a P.E. of 15.70. So it is showing now uh, a a positive P.E. ratio, but a negative uh, earnings uh, per share a little bit. But here's one of the reasons why. It's a company that has a market cap, uh, cap of – about $13 billion, but it's got an enterprise value of about $28 billion. And when you look at a share price of the stock, you know, what the stock is selling for, based on uh, such a spread between market capitalization and enterprise value, it's really uh, very – undervalued and, it, and, it, and it's showing this uh, a lot of times. Uh, some of the sites will show almost a negative P depending on how they're, they're calculating it. So, um, you know, that's, that's the main reason it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can sometimes be a very good thing, meaning that it can, and I'm not, I don't think it does in this stock's particular case, But it sometimes can indicate that it's got a great forward-looking value for the stock and is likely to stay relatively strong. So um, this is a stock that is a uh, real strong company right now and is highly rated uh, from a financial perspective. This is a company that's got great momentum, it's got great potential, And it's paying a 4.5% dividend, so it's a great income stock, and will likely stay a good income stock at 4.5% because of its value, uh, its enterprise value, and a couple other things that it has going on um, uh, inside the stock. So, not a bad thing, but uh, we see that a lot, and that's usually, for me, uh, once I do my analytical work, a good reason to buy. Thank you, Steve. I hope that's helped a little bit. Folks, you're listening to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. We'll be right back after this.
9: dan Celia.
3: i want to be a nation that is on the biblical principles and the values and the ethics that are found in
2: scripture your personal economy financial issues that you need to know aligning morality with truth well i think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers now here's your host dan Celia.
3: Welcome back. Uh, right now, there's a uh, uh, Republican or a GOP um, press conference going on right now. Uh, it's the GOP Leaders News Conference. I wish I could hear it. I can't. I can't. Uh, obviously, I can't listen to it uh, right now. I wish I could. But I'll, I'll just say this, that um, they've got a lot of explaining to do with the new budget. Uh, remember, It's only a temporary budget. I'm not getting overly crazy about it. But the fact of the matter is that they promised and have been promising to defund Planned Parenthood. I'm just going to speak for myself for a moment, but that was a very important issue for me. Uh there's two things that meant a lot to me. One was the defunding of Planned Parenthood number 1. Planned Parenthood since November's uh report has has uh performed somewhere around 80,000 abortions. Think about that. 80,000 abortions. And we're still funding that. You and I are funding that. They promised to defund that. I thought it was a a, a given. I didn't even question it. I got to tell you, I didn't even question it because I believed in Mike Pence, not Donald Trump, Mike Pence. I believed Donald Trump when he said it. Uh, I, I believe that he was pro-life, and I believe that um, he had issues with that. But I thought he would do it. But I don't understand why we've given this victory to the Democrats. I don't get it. I, well, I do get it. Yeah, I, I know why. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. I do know why. But that was one thing that's extremely important. The other thing that was very important to me was the appointing of uh, someone like Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. And he did that. And that's I'm grateful for it. That's a wonderful thing. But, you know, when? When are the Republicans going to stop caring about the stinking Democrats? When is that going to happen? When is it going to be the Republicans' agenda, the conservatives' agenda? When is it going to be sold out 100% that agenda? Now I'm glad I can't hear it because Paul Ryan is speaking. I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear all the talking points and the excuse. Well, you know, we had, I get it. I know why they did it. They have to, they're trying to give a little. They're trying to get some things done before September 30th. And maybe there's a government shutdown coming September 30th. Well, I've got news for you, Republican Party. There better be. There better be. There had better be a government shutdown. There better be exactly what we, the people who voted all you folks in office, the conservatives of this country, there had better be a government shutdown come September 30th. There better be. And let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'll tell you what won't happen. Listen to me. Somebody asked me this. I think at the retreat last week, if I'm not mistaken. I'll tell you what won't happen. Social Security checks will still flow. That is at the sole discretion, sole discretion of the Treasury Secretary, and he's going to keep that going. Military families, people will still get paid, and the military will stay intact and— Police officers and firemen, which the Democrats are going to say are all going to fall apart, is it's not going to happen. They won't allow that to happen. Why? Because no matter what, we've got enough income flowing in that that's not going to happen. But we'll hear all these things. And the worst part about it is the Republicans will not stand up and say, wait a minute. That is at the discretion of the Treasury Secretary, and he's not going to do that, and allow the Treasury Secretary to say, don't worry, I'm not going to do that. They won't do that. Why? Because they may need that to justify their caving in. See, they may need that so they will say, well, this is ridiculous, everybody saying that we're spineless and don't have backbone. We had no choice. See, they need it. They need that. That's why they've never railed against the Democrats to say that is untrue. That is not going to happen. The Democrats know that. They know that the Republicans can't say that because the Republicans need it to justify their action of allowing this debt ceiling or budget to go through. They know that. So what's it going to take? to defund Planned Parenthood. That is a promise that had better be lived up to, where there will be a third party, not not three-party, not Democrats, Republicans, and a third party called the conservatives or whatever you might want to call it, but there's going to be a third party emerging somehow out of all of this, not so they can re- not so that they can have three party We can have a three party system. I'm not necessarily for a three party system, but so that we can have something to replace the Republican Party for. And let me tell you, at the absolute latest, September 30th, September 30th is the absolute latest you need. You cannot start thinking. On September or on October 1st, you cannot start thinking about who you in your particular voting district are going to raise up in the primaries to run against the current Republican. You can't wait until October 1st to start thinking about who that's going to be. You need to be thinking about it right now. And let me just say this to any wannabe politician out there, some a qualified wannabe politician, a good businessman that wants to serve his country, you need to be thinking about doing this now. You need to be run on, running on the values that we stood up for when President Trump was running. Contact me. I will give you as all the support I can give you. But you we need to raise up conservatives now. Folks, it is not about the next election that we go to the polls in two years from now. It's not about that election. It's about the primary election before that. See, if we let it go past the primaries then we have no choice but to reelect the same spineless people that we have in there there now. We will have no choice. We need to raise up and I go back to Dave Bratt I go uh, um, Tom Colbert or, or no uh, Tom cotton I'm sorry that that we uh, raised up in Arkansas. They're the people that we've got to be raising up right now to get into the Senate and into the House of Representatives. So we need to be thinking about that. But this is all very disappointing. Listen, I don't want to be overly, uh, I don't want to beat this um, spending care uh, bill, uh, the spending uh, bill to death, because I'm willing to give it till September 30th. To see where what happens between now and this, uh, September 30th, we need repeal and replace. We may need Democratic support. We need um, uh, tax reform. We need that. We need infrastructure. We need those three things. Let's get them. Let's make them happen before September 30th. And then after that, all bets have to be off, and we've got to do what it takes. And not since Newt Gingrich. Have we had the guts to do that? We shouldn't have to do it because we have a Republican-controlled House and a Republican-controlled Senate and a Republican in the White House. So the notion that we would have to shut down the government shouldn't be. But we've got to be willing to do it if it's necessary. 866 all our phone lines are open. We're going to get to calls. We'll take a look at some questions on YouTube. 866 300 98 866 300 98 We'll be back.
1: You get the soil ready. You put the seeds in and then... You water it.
2: How do you plant a garden?
1: I don't know. You pray that God'll give you a good harvest, then you have to work it to get all the weeds away. And then God brings the plants.
2: Planting a garden takes planning, hard work, and God's blessing. So does creating a lasting legacy for the people and charities that mean the most to you. The AFA Foundation is here to help you sow the financial seeds God has blessed you with in order for them to blossom for generations to come. We do this by offering free consultation and assistance in the areas of charitable gift annuities, estate planning, will and trust planning, and bequests. To learn more, call 800-326-4543, extension 345, 800 326 Four five four three, extension three four five, or visit afafoundation.net.
5: Many believers are surprised to learn that God will reward faithful Christians in heaven for their good works here on earth, but it's a biblical fact. So, how exactly does that work? Tuesday on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress explains what we should be doing right now to guarantee rewards in heaven. Don't miss this fascinating study, Tuesday, on Pathway to Victory.
2: Pathway to Victory, each weekday morning at 6 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Dan Sealy at Financial Issues. Would you consider partnering with
3: me? You know, for $85 a year, you're going to get some great information on stock picks, alert system that will alert you to buys and sells. What a great way to look at a portfolio from a biblical perspective. For a small amount of money each month. Not only that, it goes to support the ministry here at Financial Issues. Financialissues.org. The opening statement in the Constitution of the United States says this, that we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty. I don't know what part of that we don't get anymore. That was written by men who cared about this country deeply. Financial issues with Dan Celia. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia, 866-392-98, 866-392-98. By the way, folks, if you're uh, just uh, one of the new people joining us, we sure do appreciate it. We've picked up uh, 24 new uh, FM stations, primarily in the panhandle of Texas, where we haven't been real strong. So welcome to you. If you're listening to us in the panhandle, we sure do appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned, keep listening, keep learning. Um, you. It may sound like you don't know what I'm talking about, but eventually you will if you keep <laughs> listening. So uh, hang there, and we sure hang in there, and we're sure glad that uh, you you have an opportunity uh, to join us. We sure do appreciate it, and uh, we are going to continue to add stations as the Lord raises up opportunity. He, yeah, we're getting lots of opportunities. That's never the issue; it's usually the issue of the cost involved in it. So, um, but but the Lord keeps giving us the opportunity. I'm not going to get ahead of the Lord. Um, I'm not going to be, if we build it, they will come. Uh, Let's, we'll, we'll wait as God raises up the money, we'll continue to expand and grow. And we sure are appreciative that we have the opportunity to add these 24 stations. You know, I've talked a lot this morning about Planned Parenthood, about abortion, but folks, there's opportunity for you to save the lives of babies and just Financial Issues listeners I, I bet we're not close to eighty thousand yet, but very close to it. We have saved tens of thousands of babies, all of you that are listening. And I say eighty thousand because I, I I believe that's an accurate number of uh, how many uh, babies have been aborted by Planned Parenthood through uh, Planned Parenthood uh, since since November uh, election. And we we need to uh, constantly push back that evil and darkness and we have an opportunity to not to just we need to keep praying and praying uh, and protesting and all of that but now we have an opportunity to participate so we need to pray we need to protest but we need to participate and one of the ways we do that here at financial issues is through preborn.org that's the website you can find it on my website at financialissues.org just click on the banner preborn mission preborn it's an incredible ministry. It is a ministry that is supplying ultrasound machines in pregnancy centers all over the country. We have, I have a don- we have a donor organization in Texas that that actually donated two through Preborn two ultrasound machines. That's fifteen thousand dollars apiece to a pregnancy center near them. We're just asking you to help support that with $140, and we now have viewers and listeners that are doing that every month. It it supports five ultrasounds, and 80% of the time when a young mother hears an ultrasound, when she hears the heartbeat and sees that ultrasound, she chooses life. Even if she's there, she thinks that she's there. These are Christian-run and operated. But even when she thinks she's there to, to maybe make an appointment for an abortion or make sure she's uh, pregnant or getting a test to see if she's pregnant, she will choose life when she hears that heartbeat. And, folks, you, you need to get involved, and we want you to be involved in that. We want you to be able to participate in saving the lives of babies. And when you think about the reunion you'll have in glory, wow, think about that. We've saved tens of thousands of lives, and we're still at it, and we're going to keep going. And all you've got to do is pick the phone up and dial the pound sign, and the number's 250, 250, pound sign 250. That's pre-born ministries. So they're going to ask you what the key word is. The key word is baby. Easy to remember, pound 250 and baby. And you can do that. You can save the lives of babies. I believe that it is one of the most incredible works that we can participate in, work of God that we can participate in. I hope you'll do it. Uh, You can go to preborn.org, go to the website, see some incredible testimonies, uh, and we are so grateful. That we have been able, by the grace of God, to uh, raise up so many people that are supporting this incredible ministry. And look, folks, we need, we're a ministry. We work on contributions and donations and partnerships to this ministry. But if after you give to your church and you have uh, some room to give, and you're trying to choose to give between this ministry and pre-born, please choose preborn. It's far more important than anything I'll ever do or say here on the air, and uh, you all know that. So I hope that you will consider that incredible ministry. Okay. Um, right now, all the indices are kind of flatlined, so uh, nothing big happening, but we are going to um, go to phones. Um, somebody has asked me about Ford Motor and why it is dropping. Ford's not a list, uh, a company that I track anymore. It's still one of my favorite stocks. I wish they were biblically responsible. I'm working with them and talking with them, and hopefully they will be once again. They went off my list once, went back on, now they're back off. So I don't uh, own Ford, but, um... Auto numbers came out today that might have a little bit to do with it, but more importantly, I think we've seen some economic nu- numbers come out today that have uh, seen some slow slowdown uh, in the growth of the economy, and that means uh, auto sales um, are, are um, likely to d- decline. So April numbers for auto sales – Uh, across the board are in steep declines for the month of April. So auto sales are down dramatically among all the dealers. So I can only expect that the vast majority of uh, um, companies are down. Auto sales companies are down. So uh, not a concern. If you already own Ford, that's fine. Don't worry about it, uh, Robert. Just uh, keep it. Um, may want to add to it, but, um, again, it's not biblically responsible, so I need for you to be uh, uh, understanding of that as well. So that is uh, the main reason for the, for the drop, uh, no, no doubt about it. Um, somebody asked me to explain options. Uh, I, I don't have enough time to explain options. Uh, options are not something that I track or participate in. I, I do in a couple of my institutional accounts. Uh, that i still uh, manage but i haven't for a long time played options i don't i don't talk about it because i don't want the average joe that i'm talking to to get involved in the options market it's very risky uh, can be difficult um and you know um, there's plenty of information out there if it's something that you think you want to do uh, but it's not something that that I recommend for the average person, it's like forex training, uh, currency trading. Unless you can sit in front of your computer all day and all night uh, and watch and constantly be ready to click your mouse for a sell or a buy, uh, then uh, it's a very difficult thing to be participating in. So um, that's, you know, I'm sorry about that, Robert, but uh, a little bit, um, I, I, I don't talk about it because there's somebody that is only going to hear half of it and start trying to do something and I'd rather not see that happening because generally uh, the average person will get hurt. Let me go to Emily in Iowa. Hi, Emily.
9: Hi, Dan. how are you? Good. Good. Uh, we're, we've been partners for a while and I've been uh, we're in our mid30s, my husband and I. Um, we, uh, he just he has a 401k and a pension through his work but we decided to start getting into the market for our kids, for their futures. Okay. Um, we um, have some stuff in there. Right now it's through TD Ameritrade, and, you know, we put the money in every every paycheck, and it sits in one of their money markets. Um, one of our questions is should we try to, to, when that money goes in, put it in like a Timothy? Should we have like a separate? Does Timothy do money markets, and should we be putting money— because we have a um, we have some through Timothy a um, PLV CX uh-huh. I think it's a large mid midcap, um, but should we be trying to get some in a money market through Timothy or just keep it there till we spread it out? And then yeah. also I've been wanting to get into an egg, uh-huh. you know, an egg stock, but I haven't seen any on your buy list other than um, there was one AGU, and I don't know, if, but that was more of a a chemicals egg. So I don't know if that would be a smart thing
3: to do or. Yeah. So here's what I would say to you, uh, Emily. Yeah. There's a couple, there's one that's a consumer discretionary uh, that is on my uh, buy list that uh, believe it or not, I would consider that an ag play because of if, if the agricultural sector starts picking up, that's a stock that's going to do well saying with AGU, it's going to start picking up as the agricultural sector picks up. Um, I I had an ag uh, uh, ETF. I don't have too many ETFs, but I had one on my buy list some months ago. I've taken it off, and I don't see that going back on um, at at best till the towards uh, the end of the year. Um, I don't feel like the ag um, uh, sector is going to be a strong sector this year. Now, natural disasters and things like that could change my mind on that, but. Um, but for a long-term uh, play, then some um, those, those would be two good plays. As far as your kids go, if you have a kid's fund, I'd like to see you putting money every month into a mutual fund. And that mutual fund that you mentioned with Timothy would be a good place to be putting it in every payday, a little bit of money for your, for your kids. It's fairly aggressive, but they're a large mid-cap growth fund. Um, is what you would be better off than just planning it and leaving it sit in a money market account. I'm going to assume, Emily, that you know it's long-term money. It's, a, it's a long-term money for your children, 10, 10 years or more. And I think that it would you're, you're going to get some volatility in that growth fund. Obviously, volatility on the downside. But you're also going to get advantages on the upside when, when things uh, are, are doing well. And I think overall, over an 8- to 10-year period, I think you're going to do a lot better than you might just letting it um, sit in a money market account. So if you're putting $25 a pay and I'm just making a number up, but and whatever amount that is, you can do that directly into the mutual fund. The other thing is the mutual fund is going to do better for you because you're putting money in often on a very regular basis. another reason to do it. So that's what I'd rather see you do, uh, Emily. And you could do that either through TD Ameritrade or, or uh, directly through Timothy. But I think it would make sense to do that. Uh, and it'll and just kind of forget about it. Don't be too overly concerned when it goes down. Don't get too overly excited when it goes up. Just keep plugging away and keep putting money in and I think you'll do fine. Hope that helps. Thank you, Emily. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Dan Celia for Financial Issues. You know, we live in some volatile times, and one of the things that we should be concerned about is are the investments that I'm in honoring the Lord? Well, I try to do the best I can to make sure that the stocks and mutual funds on my list are the best out there, not only from a financial and fundamental standpoint, but that they wouldn't be displeasing to God. Would you consider being a partner with me at Financial Issues. For $85 a year, you're not only going to get my stock picks that I update every week, every Monday, and my economic commentary every Monday, along with an alert system and my asset allocation models that change as the economy changes, so that you can do a great job reviewing and maybe actively managing your portfolios. Financialissues.org to partner with me in the ministry.
10: One of the little known tragedies of abortion is that the actual decision is often made by someone other than the mother. Hi, Kim Katola for Cradle My Heart today. Boyfriends, husbands, family members, and friends play a huge role in a woman's decision. Maggie is a prime example. She was pregnant as a young teen and connected with a local pregnancy help center to say she wanted to carry her baby to term and cherish the life entrusted to her by God, but her parents were ashamed that their daughter was pregnant and were pressuring Maggie to abort. Maggie learned she has legal rights in pregnancy, and she has rights to protect herself and her baby against the demands of her parents. And in time, her parents came to agree with Maggie's choice for life. Find the support you need to see your pregnancy through at CradleMyHeart.org. Saving lives and healing hearts after abortion one story at a time. CradleMyHeart.org.
11: Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The billionaire Howard Hughes was once asked how much money it would take to make him happy. Reportedly, his response was, just a little more. You know, it doesn't have to be money or success. It can be anything. More comfort, more happiness, more fitness, anything, not God, that has become an end to itself. By contrast, the Apostle Paul says, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And the only way to learn contentment like that is to realize that everything you have is from His grace, and everything you need, you already have in Christ Jesus. Get more daily encouragement from God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com. Welcome
3: back Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia, 866-300-9298, 866-300-9298. Let's go back to phones, Uh, let me go to Steve from Alabama. Hey Steve.
0: Hey, good morning, thanks for taking the call. Sure. Uh, Question for you, what is your opinion on digital alternative currencies and where they play a role in the future economy such as Bitcoin and all these other, other things that are becoming more and more popular?
3: Yeah. So uh, here's what I think, Steve. I mean, um, I uh, there's going to be a future alternative digital currency. There already is one. First of all, it's called credit cards. We've had that around for a long time. But as far as Bitcoin and some of these other things, look, um, until banks begin to use it and recognize it and regulate it, Um, You know, I wouldn't be involved in any of it because there's guys sitting in jail right now over all of this. A lot of guys, a lot of guys sitting in jail right now. Um, uh, There needs to be a regulatory um, environment there in and around this. The other thing is the alternative currency of the future is going to come out of the IMF in all likelihood. And it's going to take uh, the United States to have a, a progressive liberal president and Congress for us to be uh, seeing anything from that. It's already ready. It's already prepared. It's ready to go. IMF has had this agenda now for uh, at least six or seven years uh, trying to put this agenda agenda forward. Uh, One of the things that they have begun to do is uh, open up the basket of – currencies and that would be the reserve currencies we always talk about the united states being the reserve currency well there's a basket of reserve currencies now it's not just the united states of america and one of the biggest mistake the imf made in order to be politically correct was they allowed china in that which is comical because china doesn't meet any of the requirements to be a reserve currency um but um i i you know i have a cynical uh, perspective on why that happened, but I won't say what it is. But nonetheless, um, you know the you know we've got uh, we've got this a basket of five reserve currencies. I expect that could grow at any uh, at any day. But the real alternative currency is going to come out of the IMF. I suspect that they will win out at some point in time. Uh, I believe I wrote I wrote about this in 2009 that I believe that the thing that is going to usher in a one world government. We all know how the story ends if you are a Christian, and um, I believe that the uh, reserve currency or the one world currency is going to usher in the one world government. I wrote about that at length. So I think that um, we are going to begin to see, I don't want to say Bitcoin, but I think the idea of electronic currency by way of apps on our phones that we already are being seen used and um, credit card and debit cards and those kinds of things, The biggest issue with all of that right now is security, and uh, now, uh, you know, the security or the lack of security, I should say, in and around the phone apps, you know, the Apple Pay and those kinds of things have found not to be very secure. So, you know, they've got um, um, issues in cyber attacks, but I think that is going to be uh, the currency of the future. The currency of the future is not going to be something you'll buy, something you'll own or something you'll have in your pocket other than it'll be on your phone or some uh, electronic uh, device in some way, shape or form. So I am not big on any of the Bitcoin or any of that. These Bitcoin traders are frantically um, trying to sell, promote Uh, scare people into uh, moving into this. It is a somewhat of an acceptable currency for a lot of things, but that's only because a dollar's worth of Bitcoin is worth a dollar. So why are we using Bitcoin and not a dollar? I mean, that's the problem. But the difference is a dollar is regulated, the Bitcoin is not. So anyway, that's kind of where I am on that. But hopefully that's some help, Steve. Thank you. Let me go to uh, John in Alabama. Hey, John.
0: Hey, how are you doing this morning, Mr. Cia? Good. Uh, uh, I just had a question. So I heard you and one of your callers talking about a brokerage account. And I have a similar situation as that caller where I have two children that will be somewhere between a 10 to uh, even 20-year investment period. you're talking about a brokerage account. I have an IRA that is a a brokerage account where I can invest uh, based on your, your buy list, uh, because I'm a partner as well. Uh, but I'm, I, I didn't really understand the investment for the children, if that's in their name or if I just have it in my name and it's a sort of a placeholder for them. So could you kind of sure. elaborate on that a little bit?
3: Sure. Um, I'm glad you asked. And I should have said that when I was talking to that other caller. So I, uh, I believe that your children's account ought to be in your name only, and it ought to be a joint account. You know, if you're married, then it can be just another joint investment account that you and your wife have. Now, you guys know, obviously, that's the account that you've established for your children. You can put your children on the account as beneficiaries if you'd like, um, or if you have minor children, which I'm, it sounds like you do then you can just deal with that in your will uh, as, as you should. But I like, I, you know, so people will say to you that that's not a good idea because you're not getting any tax advantages. That is true. They're right about that. So there is no real tax. You lose, give up some of the uh, tax advantages that are in some of the UGMA accounts, Unified Gifts to Minors Act, those UGMA custodian accounts, or the or the 529 plans, or those kinds of things. So you give up some tax advantage things, but what you gain is a freedom, a total freedom. In those accounts. And so what I mean by that is, you guys, you and your wife are gonna be free to uh, make decisions in and around that account, to uh, decide when the children use it, how it will be used. Um, it gives you the flexibility of not having any mandates on it, um, that it doesn't go to their name, uh, social security account at age 15 or it doesn't go to them at age 18 or, um, you know, that you have total discretionary um, uh, advantage over that because things change and things happen. And, and um, you know, sometimes a child may just go down the wrong path and do you really want him to have some sort of control at 18 over that money or at any, maybe even at any age for that matter. So, you know, I, I really like that the other side of the th- uh, coin is Do you want them to maybe get disqualified from a scholarship um, or something like that in college because they have some money in their name? That's another issue that you can think about. But I, I don't mind foregoing some of the tax advantages, and that's why I'd rather it be in your name. I do like it being a separate account. I like it being separated so that. Uh, you can refer to that separate account in your will if you need to do something that you want to do something very specific with that account. Or you can add a, a set of beneficiaries to that that is very different than maybe the beneficiaries on other accounts or whatever. But I like the flexibility, again, for you to be able to um, uh, dic- dictate what, what needs to be done with the account. So um, even though you have a brokerage, I like the idea of having a brokerage account in your name still, but it is a, a different account. So if you go to the broker that you are with, say you have a brokerage account at Fidelity, and you go to Fidelity and say, I want to open another brokerage account in my name, they may say, well, no, you don't really need to do that because you probably ought to do a 529 plan or this plan or that or a custodial plan. Just ignore it and just, you know, you might change the name on the account so that it differentiates. In other words, it might be an account with your wife's name first and your name second or vice versa, you know, opposite of what you have. Um, You might have an account with just your name on it. If you are a single person, you have an account with just your name on it, and on one account you use your middle initial, the other account you don't. I mean, you might want to differentiate it uh, in some way, shape, or form, but um, that's what I would suggest.
0: Well, I guess, can you kind of explain, that, because I know I heard another caller talk about mutual funds and brokerage, and I, I don't really understand all that at this point. So if you can give me maybe a high-level overview of the, the sure. difference or what your advice would be for that, that period of time.
3: So I would like to see you even, with, I mean, if you don't have a brokerage account, then you could have a broker or an account at a mutual fund company like Timothy, and you could use Timothy mutual funds inside that account so you could have a Timothy growth fund stock growth fund in the account large cap growth fund and every payday or every month or every or four times a year or birthdays and Christmas and anniversary or whatever, you could put some money into that mutual fund for the children's benefit. So and maybe it's two mutual funds or three, and you're dividing it up whichever way you decide to divide it up. So that would be one option, and it's a good good way to do it. I think for long-term money and children's money, I like the idea of using mutual funds because – You can put $50 in a mutual fund. It's a little bit harder to put $50 in an individual stock. It's not going to be as advantageous to the account as it would be If you're adding money on a regular basis to that Timothy growth fund, for instance, and you can do that through a brokerage as well. So you can own a Timothy mutual fund in your fidelity brokerage account that you have set up for your children if you want to do it that way. So either way, it's fine. But I like the idea of just contributing to that mutual fund on a regular basis
5: for your children. We'll be right back after this. American Family Association, a ministry with a mission to inform, equip, and activate people like you to strengthen the moral foundations of American culture and to give aid to the church here and abroad in her task of fulfilling the Great Commission. We couldn't do it without your day-to-day support. Together, we are making a difference. American Family Association. Find us online at afa.net. Consider
2: serving with Friendships. It's an all-volunteer ministry providing aid to disaster victims, refugees, and the impoverished here at home and around the world. We're now taking applications. If you're available to serve without pay, you can be part of the crew reaching out to help people in need. Check it out at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022.
1: Back in 07, my father passed away. My mother had passed away seven years earlier and they left me a small inheritance and I wanted to give back to AFA for all they have done for me.
2: Carol talks about her experience with the AFA Foundation.
1: I am an avid listener to AFR, 12 hours a day. And I hear Dan Celia talking about the charitable gift annuity. I liked what the... Uh, Gift annuity offered donated a certain amount and from that I get a check every month which is retirement income for me
2: if you'd like to support the work of the AFA and receive a fixed income for life a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation may just be what you're looking for learn more by contacting the foundation at 800-326-4543 extension 345 The opinions and recommendations expressed
4: by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors.
3: Welcome back. Financial Issues, I'm Dan Celia. We're going to get right back to phones. Let me go to Bill. Bill's calling us from Alabama as well. Hey, Bill.
0: Hey, Dan. I have a question about my wife's um, situation. She's got uh, she bought oh, when she was working, she bought a lot of company stock okay. insurance company. and they told her that she can't roll that out into an IRA. She has to cash it in before she's 70, but they also offered her to put it in an annuity at no charge. Can you help me with that?
3: Yeah, um, uh, is she still with the company?
0: No, she retired.
3: Okay, well, um, I uh, – there's no reason why – I don't understand why there could be a restriction on what you do with the stock. If it's okay to put it into an annuity, it's okay to put it in your savings account or whatever. Um, That that doesn't make much sense to me. I wouldn't do an annuity. Uh, They're an insurance company. So they're doing a little self-dealing here by saying, "Oh yeah, you own our insurance company stock. Um, but you know we're not gonna let you have it unless you put it into one of our insurance annuities. And um, so they're going through a little self-dealing there. and you know I don't I don't think that's 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 right, but that's what they're trying to get you to do. And is it a is it a publicly traded company? That you know of?
0: Yes, sir, it is.
3: Yeah, so I do, I don't understand that. I mean, uh, you you know you you can do whatever you want with the stock if you own the stock uh, and it's publicly traded. Um, you should be able to transfer that anyway. And uh, I would call. I would have her talk to human resources department and say I want to roll my stock over to my brokerage account. And, they, and, and if she says they want to let you, if they, they won't do that, say, ask the question, it sounds like you're self-dealing. You just have to say those words because that will throw them into panic. Um, say, so it sounds like you're self-dealing here and forcing me to do an annuity that I don't want to do, and that's my stock, and I want to roll it over into uh, my brokerage account. And I suspect that somehow it will be allowed after she says that. Um, but that's what I would do. Uh, I would really, uh, and and if they don't, I would want some really clear explanation in writing as to why you can't um, get get the stock at, at this point into your IRA account. So. That's what I, That would be my first goal. Then once it comes over into your IRA, now you may need first before you do that to open up an IRA account. You don't have to put money in it right away, but you could open up an account, an IRA account at Fidelity or TD Ameritrade or Schwab or something like that you know, so that you have this brokerage IRA account open so that you can transfer that stock over to it. Then once the stock gets over there, you can choose whether you want to sell it, turn it into cash, and reinvest it into some other things.
7: Okay, well, thank you, Dan.
3: You're welcome, Bill. I hope that helps. I think it will. Uh, Let me go to Keith in Virginia. Hey, Keith.
0: Yes, sir, Dan. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm heavily invested in, uh, Verizon stock in the 401k, which they require you to do the first three years, but now I'm in, I'm invested, um, and in what's your, what's your call on Verizon? Should I stay with, uh, keeping that stock, uh, in the 401k plan or let, uh, selling some of it, you know, get rid of it, move it over to something else?
3: Yeah, I think, I think, um... Keith, for the sake of diversification, you know, uh, I, I mean, obviously, I would like to sell. see you sell it for biblically responsible reasons, um, no, no doubt about it. Verizon stock has gotten beaten up big time um, this year, and I don't expect it's going to do a lot better next year, but... Um, so I, I don't think it's a stock that I necessarily would want to see you own. The problem is it's, you know, it's down considerably. I think it's down about, uh, 15% so far this year. So, um, you know, that's an issue and that's a little bit of a problem. So you may be down, but you've got to at least sell some of it to diversify the the one good thing about the stock is it pays a decent dividend i don't you know somewhere around five percent and that's good so you're getting some income from it but you've got to diversify so if you wanted to keep you know 20 or 30 percent of that stock for one reason or another then that's fine but i would sell once that's in your brokerage account and your ira account i would sell uh, some of that, so that you have some cash, so you can begin to develop a good diversification uh, program there. By by, and being able to add some other stocks, or preferred stocks, or utility stocks, or mutual funds, or whatever you want to do.
0: Right. I, I was, you know, according to the uh, the company, you have to buy it for the first three years until you're vested in the four hundred one k. Right. Then after, after the third year, I stopped buying it, but I got three years of buying it. So okay. it, it's, uh, I haven't sold any, but I've been diversifying ever since that, after oh, the good. third year. Oh,
3: okay. Okay. I misunderstood. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's good. So, uh, and are you still working for the company?
0: And, and cash out and put in some money. I'm 62.
3: Okay. Yeah, I mean I I think uh you're probably okay if it's less than uh 20% or 30% of what you have in there then 85. that's fine. How what 85. is it? It's 85%. 85. Yeah. Okay, well yeah. then I I think you need to sell it. I think you need to sell, okay. you know, a bunch of it and turn it into cash. Amen. Yeah. Thank All right. You have a good All right, bye thank you time. Keith. Thank you. Bye bye. Let me go to uh, Lynn. Lynn's calling us from uh, Missouri. Hey, Lynn.
1: Morning, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. My husband and I got married as teenagers, and like a lot of people, we were just broke. Um, Now he is 60 and I'm 57. We've got $450,000 in his IRA and ESOP account and about $300,000 in our house and property, and that's free and clear. But my question is: Since about 1998, we took out a MetLife policy that I pay 150 for me for life insurance and 100 for him. Mm-hmm. And until we die, that hundred thousand dollars is good, and there is a little bit of money in it for retirement. But um, I, he does not need the life insurance um, as far as he's concerned. But if he should die. I would be in a bind since I only have a job that makes about $10 an hour with no benefits. Mm-hmm. So would that be something that we should keep on him and drop mine, or we've been had it this long, just keep it? Uh, what it would a, you suggest?
3: Does it accumulate value every year?
1: It does, but not yeah. a lot.
3: Yeah. So how much is the cash value in yours?
1: In mine right now, probably is about uh, eight thousand dollars. Yeah.
3: And do you still pay the hundred and fifty dollars a month?
1: Yes. Yeah. We'll pay that till we die.
3: Yeah. And well, so here's here's what's here's what is going to happen. Now, maybe you have a different kind of policy. But there will be a day when the mortality charge for the life insurance will start to go up. It's already started to go up. As it starts to get really high, say when you're 75, and then goes up dramatically after that, it's going to be dipping into that money that you have accumulated. Because they use that money that you have accumulated to pay the difference between the $150 or $100, whatever it is, and the mortality charges that the policy is creating. Theory being is that you will die before that money runs out, in which case you will get the death benefit whatever that death benefit is. That's the theory. But the reality of it is that if you're, especially if you're in good health, that the money will run out before you die and the premium will no longer be able to pay for the mortality charge and you'll get a notice that'll say something like, your premium is going up to $400 a month if you want to continue on with this policy. And at that point in time, you will probably say, no, I won't do it. And, and then you won't have any death benefit and you won't have any cash value either. You, so you will the only one that wins is the insurance company. So, now I'm not going to stake my life on that cuz you might have a different kind of policy. So having said that, I would definitely drop yours. And at some point in time, I would drop your husband's when you and take that cash value as well. It is taxable, some of it, not all of it will be taxable. Because remember, you will be able to generate an awful lot of good income from your husband's 401k and the other monies that he has saved so you're not going to be destitute you're going to be able to generate some income with that so you might not need that uh, death benefit as much as you think so i would just think of it i'm right up against the end of the program here and i got to run but i would think about uh, definitely surrendering yours and someday your husband's financial issues i hope you have a great day we'll we be back tomorrow god bless we're one nation under god then we will be a nation gone under.